0: Let's uh, let's thank God, dear Lord. We're grateful for time in Your Word. Be- beautiful season too, Lord. We're grateful for these days. Thank you for the saints in Your Son's name, Amen. Uh, a quick uh, uh, encouragement. There's also a couple of the a couple of the moms have worked out a a rotation of watching. Uh, the little unregenerates in the basement so if anybody's interested in, in being a part of that and benefiting from that uh... bethany and uh... stephanie are not. no hillary and stephanie hillary and stephanie are the ones who are dealing with that but feel free to talk to them about it i think what happens a lot of times in about the word of God is in conservative which we loosely are conservative people um, conservative doctrinal doctrinal oriented uh, uh, groups the temptation is to go to the defense of the canon of scripture or um, defense of certain translations of scripture Um I, wanted to, I want to approach a little differently this morning. There's a few verses on the left-hand side. In the column on the left-hand side, there's a, few, a couple of verses that sprang to mind, and I wanted to just bring them up as Introduc- an introduction. Ecclesiastes 5.1, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. So Listen. That's what it's saying. Wouldn't it be good if you listened when you went to the house of God instead of chattering all the time? Second verse, Second Timothy 3, 6. For among them are those who make their way into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and swayed by various impulses who will listen to anybody and never come to a knowledge of the truth. So in these two verses you have this admonition, you know, you ought to listen. Isn't it all about communication? Shouldn't you be there hearing? Shouldn't you be there with the humility of someone who hears? And on the other hand, you got people who are hearing too much. And just about anything. And that's why when you have a... a, And you you say, I, I think we all know what it's getting at when it says draw near to listen and don't listen to the false teachers, we have a general uh, uh, interpretive uh, reaction to that, That's probably correct. What we do with it is, is something else. What we do with it because we are institutionally minded and we are, um, we like lists, We love it to find out how early the canon of scripture was established. The canon, C-A-N-O-N. The canon of scripture just means the, the, the measure, the rule. It was a, uh, a measurement device. Uh, that, uh, so when you have a canon of anything, um, a a canon, um, it is going to be uh, something that is held together by a, a certain measure. So we like to have a list. We like to have that's what we do. When I don't know what to listen to and what not to listen to, some of you who have read the Apocrypha, or some of you who have read the Pseudepigrapha, or some of you who wonder whether Enoch should be included. Uh, Daniel's always wondering if first Enoch should be included because Jude quotes him. And then others say, well, what about these books about Paul? Paul and Thecla. Some of you have not heard of the book Paul and Thecla. Or the Epistle of Pontius Pilate. There's a lot of stuff out there. Isn't it great to have a list? Because if I'm supposed to listen in some cases, and it's not good to listen in others, or people who listen too much are never going to come to a knowledge of the truth, let's just go get a list. Go go to the authorities, go to the top dogs in your denomination, and have them decide what is inspired scripture. But then you know, if you've been around those questions at all, you know it becomes an argument of some. It doesn't go away as an argument. It starts to become, the, the Roman Catholics say, well, the fact that the church made the list means that you're in submission to the church more than scripture. Others say, I don't think Hebrews should be in the Bible. It doesn't solve anything necessarily. It becomes another argument. And I'm not sure. It's that when it comes to listening to God, I'm not sure the canon is the question that we should be discussing. Or what are real books? Or do you believe in absolute inerrancy and in everything that it affirms in the original autographs? Let's look at Deuteronomy 13.1, right at the top of the right-hand side. If a prophet arises among you, or a dreamer of dreams, and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder which he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or to that dreamer of dreams. Okay? We want you to picture the situation. One, is Deuteronomy. This is the second law. This is the law that restated to Israel just before they go into the promised land. Exodus, uh, Leviticus was uh, the first law, and a restatement of Deuteronomy. And he's warning them that there's going to be false prophets who actually could do the job. This is not a false prophet who says... You know, follow me, uh, and makes all sorts of false promises. This is a guy who can call it out, a sign or a wonder, can tell you the future and it comes to pass. And then he says, Let's go after, you know, Molech, Chemosh, pick a god. You shall not listen. Now, watch yourself at this point. Because just like the person who wants to make a list. Of the books that are appropriate. The, the passage that Mark read this morning isn't in my Bible. It's down in a footnote because it doesn't appear before the 6th century, the passage about the woman caught in adultery. So my chapter 8 begins with verse 12. Now? It could very easily be a story of Jesus Christ. He said, "I didn't come to church this morning, Evan Wilson, to have you destroy my faith. <laughs> Thank you. We would like a nice, clean list. And if there's certain things that are not allowed, the, the what's called the Johannine comma in 1 John five seven uh, doesn't occur until the thirteen hundreds and." They put it in there to get a good verse on the Trinity. It's not original. What are you going to do? But we're out to make lists. Oh, here's a great verse. Deuteronomy 13 tells us, okay, the rule is, even if they could do the magic trick, if they're not followers of Yahweh, you have nothing to do with them. Now, the passage I don't have quoted here is the part where you kill them. Okay, so... I'm not, I'm not tidying it up. I told you. I just didn't want to waste space. You'd like to make a list and have this be one of the points, one of the things you measure. No, it's not that that's not true. But look at what God says about this. You shall not listen, verse 3, to the words of that prophet or to that dreamer of dreams. For, in red, in bold, the Lord, your God, is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. We're not trying to measure, you know, when someone comes to this church and oh, what's your statement of faith, what's your view of the scriptures? We can hand them a little card that says we believe the scriptures is the inspired word of God. and Whatever the view is. And people will, people will nuance this very, very aggressively what word you used. I knew a guy who wouldn't sign a statement of faith because it said we were saved on the ground of our faith in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Because he knew that it's not the ground of your faith. But the the ground of God's is something else. But he wouldn't sign it. People can get into all sorts of overly tight definitions because they're busy making lists and they're not the list is wrong but the list is inappropriate. God, when he made this line, when he said, don't listen to this guy, he says, because this is how I find out if you love me. I'm testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God. Remember the great commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. That's what he's referring to. So a false prophet shows up, floats six inches off the ground, heals a few sick people, prophesies the future, and says, let's go worship Baal. say, but I love God. I'm not just here for the magic tricks. If I was here for the magic tricks, you'd have a good case. Have you ever done that, switched an insurance carrier or a phone carrier or something like that, some promise you saw on TV and found out you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have given up that insurance carrier, you shouldn't have given up that cell phone carrier because it just got worse when you did. Well, you knew that you weren't really that committed to AT&T or Verizon or whatever when you Jumped back and forth for uh, your gain. And God knows that if you listen to the prophecy of the false prophet, He knows you don't love Yahweh. That's what He knows. So this is about, if anything, this is about what are, how are you to view your listening. What is listening about? Because we have listening that's bad, listening that's good. We're told to draw near to listen. We're told not to listen to everybody. Well, the first thing here, out of the Deuteronomy 13 passage, it measures your love. Verse 4 says, You shall walk after the Lord your God, and fear him, and keep his commandments, and obey his voice and you shall serve him and cleave to him. Now, as you, what I really want in this ministry, in this church, in this short life we get, is to have you grow up into being real Christians, real Christians who look out your eyes as Christians, regardless of your theology, regardless of your background, regardless of your ritual interests, whatever those may be, but that you are a real Christian, and that you have enough of the real Christian f- phenomena in you that you personally, through your life, before your kids, are going to be pursuing this pursuing this faith. That you're going to be obeying his voice. That you, you as people, stand before God to hear God. And that you're a little suspicious of Evan when he talks because he, he might not be that you are that you, not that I'm saying something against your sociology instructor but you want to be sure that what is said is of God because you love him because a pastor can be uh, you know really handsome I'm just thinking just thinking out loud here really moving, uh, well-rounded periods. You say, I like listening. He's funny. Funny doesn't make right. Just like if I was floating off the ground here, it wouldn't make me right, because that could be done. Magicians could exist. That's why he was warning. And you were supposed to sit there going, but I love Yahweh. You have to have the relationship with the living god that says even the most convincing argument i'm going to hold off at a distance so i have my love because god could be testing me i want my love to be measured and measured to be found in christ in god so what else can we what else can we do to measure our listening without getting too much into the uh, an ocd list making arena. And you say, I see the list there, Evan. you did it yourself. You just didn't number the things. Well, yeah, and I apologize. Luke 9. Now, about eight days after these things, he t- took, the, uh, with, took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his countenance was altered, and his raiment became dazzling white. Behold, Two men talked with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, and when they awakened, they saw his glory of the two men who stood with him. (coughs) And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is well that we are here, let us make three booths, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he said this, a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were afraid as they entered the cloud and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. When the voice was spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silence and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. Now those of you who read the Gospels of all know that Jesus, oft times, having done something, will tell them, don't tell anybody. All too often, we think that the purpose of listening or learning is to immediately Uh, go gossip it out there. Now, there's benefits to telling other people, but there's something you need to understand about listening. It is accomplished when you listen. It doesn't have to go any further than you. Okay? It's a test of who you are, and if you listen to it and shut the heck up, listening was accomplished. They could be told, listen to Jesus Christ, God himself speaking on the Mount of Transfiguration. God says, listen to him, and they kept their mouths shut. Regarding what had happened to them. They say later, and it goes into the Gospels. But there wasn't their immediate circumstance to go... Blab it to everybody. Some things are. Some things are so exciting you have to talk about them. Well and good, but know that you don't, sometimes we cover up our failure to listen by talking too much about what we heard, what we learned. The hearing stopped with you. Are you willing to have your time in the Word, your time reading whoever you find is a good Christian teacher or listening to sermons online or whatever, whatever it is. Bible studies you go to, your own study. Is there a wonderful contentment that the thing has been accomplished when it's been accomplished in you, singly? It's, it's gravy to pass it on to other people, but you need to have the concept that it was accomplished fully when it was accomplished in you. For those of you who are making a list off page or on the back of this and saying, okay, the first thing is they can't tell us to follow other gods. The second thing is I have to listen to Jesus because he says listen to him. We could be making a list, another list at the same time. And I, I'm not going to say to you that I don't agree with that list. I'm just not sure that's the thing that should be on our minds when we're measuring listening to God, which is what we do when we pick up the word of God. We call it the word of God and get into all sorts of defensive uh, actions, statements about it, when forgetting that when words are spoken, words are listened to, and there might need to be an approach to listening. This next passage is sort of the one that I'd gone to first when I was prepping um, for this. Jeremiah 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat the flesh. For in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. Some people forget that before they got to Sinai, before the law came down and told them all the rules and regs, God was with Moses, bringing the people out of captivity. And he said some things, and he makes the point here saying, before I wrote out your religion with all the bells and whistles, that earlier in this chapter he says, don't trust these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord. He says, there's something underneath all this that needs to be addressed. I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices, but this command I gave them Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. For those of us who like to write up statements of faith or confessions or creeds or lists which are fine there's nothing morally wrong with a list. Recognize and God had made the lists in Leviticus and Deuteronomy <laughs> and all the rest. He said, but I want you to know something before that before that happened this was it obey what I say obey my voice and I'll be your god. it's a simple choice really it's a simple choice do I want to listen to what he says or don't I if you listen to him he will be your God if I listen to him and he's my God the benefits of Yahweh being my God will come to me because he will faithfully provide his grace, his goodness his his power to me So it's before all your lists, it's before all religion that you may say, before I wrote about the sacrifices, before I wrote about the burnt offerings, before all that got handed down, there was a religion that was listening to me. Abraham, it says, believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And so the question is, when you hear God, do you believe God? Ask yourself about your listening, not about your doctrine of the canon of Scripture or your doctrine of the inspiration of scripture. Ask it about you because you're the one you're measuring in this. We know what this book says. I mean, people have been studying it for thousands of years. But they, verse 24, did not obey or incline their ear but walked in their own counsels. Now this is something you need to realize about listening you're really not agnostic about it. Well, I'm just not sure about these things. Some things in the Bible are just a little, little overboard for me. A little bit uh, cruel, or a little bit what some of the, some of the objections people—they're not in touch with whatever the current objection is to God. Now, I, I agree. I think. In a lot of cases, the Bible does not find itself in touch with the latest. But we don't get to be, we're not, it's not a vacant spot we occupy. People who say they're agnostics, I just don't know. They do know. Because they're listening to somebody. You're listening to somebody. Unless you're a, you know, an amazing mind, I mean, where you've compassed everything that goes into life, at least as far as you live it here in Moscow, Idaho, and you have provided direction for you. No, you've been picking up direction and your own counsels and the stubbornness of their evil hearts. I'm quoting here. I'm not just making this up. They walked in their own counsels and the stubbornness of their evil hearts and it went backward, not forward. At least that's what Jeremiah the prophet calls him. But you can agree with Jeremiah here. If you don't listen to the God he represents, you say, okay, and I don't. Say I'm not a, a, a Judeo-Christian uh, person. you have to admit that it is also true that you have picked up your counsel from something else. And that counsel is measured in what advancements who it made of you. You become you become um, a follower of the Lord that you have chosen to accept the counsel of. I don't care if it's a political figure you really like, or I don't care, you know, I I read a lot of C.S. Lewis, I really like him, it's a dangerous place to be. So other people just like um, something more basic, and, and you want to check not the people you don't agree with, You want to check you in relationship to the people you do, because you are cobbling together a counsel. And you are going to live by that counsel, and it's bearing some kind of fruit. You're either a really nice, peaceful person, and God has made you wonderful, rejoicing in him, and forgiven of sins. It's all working for you, or it's not. You might want to check if you've been living by your own counsels into the stubbornness of your evil hearts, and going backward, not forward. And in some cases, going backward and not forward is not spotted. you ever gotten lost? Sometimes you're so lost, it takes a while to find out you were lost. You were lost inside the lostness. But you finally realize, no, we've been here before. We're walking in circles. So it might be a while in your life. Just saying, if you don't check it now... The inevitability of finding out you're lost when you're 55 is uh, a little late. You have to pick up a lot of pieces. By that point, you're wondering whether your grandchildren are going to turn out. Not your children, your grandchildren. Discover that all life listens You have to have someone speaking in your ear, suggesting a path to take, and you have taken a path. It's a question of who you are vassals of and who's the Lord. Not just who you love, we covered that on the first point. Not just that it is you personally, but that it's you, um, you might say, irresistibly. It's going to happen. From that day, from the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt to this day, I have persistently sent all my servants, the prophets, to them day after day, yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Okay, if you've ever been in a discussion with an unbeliever, and I trust, I hope you have, one of the basic things they go to non Christian school, I think it's in Iowa. And in non-Christian school in Iowa, they teach them, um, "Judge not lest you be judged," and uh, "What about the innocent Hottentot in Africa, who's never heard about Jesus?" The basic you know, questions that are, how to stump a Christian? In our lives, regardless of how you would answer that innocent Hottentot in Africa, um, we don't get to say that. We are not the innocent Hottentot in Africa. One, we're not innocent. Two, we're not Hottentots. And as the Lord said to Israel, I have persistently, persistently sent my servants, prophets to you, and you didn't listen. He sent his prophets for centuries. Great men of God who we've got their works to read and be amazed at. And then he sends his son and they kill him. And they had killed the prophets. They were stiff necked. They didn't want to listen to what God said. Know that you're not poor, some poor lost lamb. That's what I'm getting at. I just did. How could I ever find out all this stuff? Churches on every street corner in the United States of America. You can't. If you type, you've heard of the internet? Okay, okay. Then. On the internet, if you were to type, What must I do to be saved? or What does it mean to be a Christian? you could be reading till doomsday. It's not going to take much. You already know a whole bunch of Christians. You know you could go over to Jim Wilson's house and he will load you down in a wheelbarrow to get home with the books he's going to give you. I'm really curious about the Christianity stuff you'll say to him, and pretty soon, books are coming out of closets. There really isn't a situation in our lives where we just didn't have the, I just didn't have the opportunity. It was just that. Remember, you sought your own counsels, you knew what your counsel was. You picked someone to listen to, and you chose and went after listening to them. It's amazing in some of the hobbies we have how much information we've got stored up in our heads. Right? Start talking about car engines. Some of you really like car engines. Some of you like games. Some of you like, what else do you like? I was going to say women, but nobody understands that. We do have time to find out the information of the Lord to which we bowed our knee, or bowed our knee. Verse 27. So you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not listen to you. You shall call to them, but they will not answer you. And you shall say to them, This is the nation that did not obey the voice of the Lord their God and did not accept discipline. Truth has perished. It is cut off from their lips. That was a powerful little phrase. Truth has perished. Because one thing you have to learn about listening, you know, people often say, you know, the key to a good marriage is communication. Communication. And people throwing ashtrays at each other is (laughs) communicating. Okay? You say, oh, 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 that's right. Or screaming bloody murder at each other. That's also communicating. Listening. Listening is hanging yourself out over the abyss of knowing what is true. Not just hearing someone else. You can come over to my house for a cigar and I'll talk your ear off about all sorts of things that you don't care about. But when we don't analyze our listening status, what am I doing? What's being proved about me? Who am I listening to? I have to admit that in the listening there is the risk of not finding the truth. If I'm one of those women in 2 Timothy 3, they'll listen to anybody and never come to a knowledge of the truth. Here it says in Jeremiah passage truth has perished because they have not listened to God. And so, isn't it easier in some sort of postmodern way or Modern or postmodern way that really truth is is overrated. First, you say for when you start to re- register with them that you know you can't know anything is true in this kind of philosophy. They're actually throwing truth over the side. They say you know really everybody has their own truth. Well, then it doesn't mean truth, idiot. It means opinion. But already. When you start to listen to your social professor, when you think that Facebook is the revelator, the university or, or even your parents, you know, or your pastor, don't take that out of Don't, don't take that. Be, my pastor told me this morning never to trust him. <laughs> How could I do that and well, We want to be sure, since we know that truth is on the line, that we realize what the strength of the revelator is. God, when a God speaks, the reason revelation is a legitimate epistemic source is because when we say someone reveals something that they would have reason to know. You go in a court of law, you find somebody who is a witness to the crime, and we put him on a stand and we say, Did you see it? He said, Yes, sir, that's the man right there. And we believe him because he has reasons to know. Not everything, but he has reasons to know what he saw. And if you have five witnesses saying the same thing, and I saw him from over here, and yes, that's the man, it's truth bearing. We will send someone to the electric chair for a murder that five people stand up and say he did and recognized him. That was the man holding the gun. They revealed what they saw. It matters who the revelator is that you pick because truth is on the line. And when I reject God, God, by definition, has a reason to know stuff. God made it all designed it all for purposes that we might not be able to plumb, but he has reasons to know. And so when he says something, when a prophet comes from him and says, you know, I think you ought to repent of that, to reject it, to become stiff of neck, worse than their fathers, um, kills truth. Now, We are, consequently, if you look back at the way, who we are in listening, not what list do we carry. Am I a lover of the living God? Is it because what the living God has done for me? I mean, I could listen to that message of the gospel again and again for what it did to me. Not what it does for the church, not what it did in history, but what it did to me. And this is something on which my beginning point of being interested in the divine at all before any of the religious aspects showed up. This is my Lord. He's provided me opportunities to hear him and it really matters that I find him and hear him. All these things are defining who I am. I don't worry about a person who has I might say a looser view of divine inspiration about the book of Hebrews than I do. I don't want to drive him out of the church because I don't think St. Paul wrote that. Okay, great. I think we should cut James out. Fine. It's not what list you have. I've met people who have got the same list I have for books of the Bible. I don't want to have dinner with them because they don't aren't there listening to God they're fighting over the you know the the inheritance or the or the, or the or the or the territory or the population the demographics who are you when it comes to listening you are going to be defined by who you listen to That you're listening to them to make you do things, to get you to accomplish something in your life. When you go to one of those self-improvement seminars with Tony Robbins, and he yells at you and tells you to be whatever you should should do with your life, and smiles with that huge grin, you're there and spent the money because you want to know what to do. We listen to people because we want to know what to do. Some of you have probably been in that point in your life where you go, I, I, I don't know why I'm here. So we want to listen to people. This matters to us. It says in 1 John, the last passage down here. 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are of God. So you guys writing the list on the back? It's do they listen to Jesus? Do they not say to go after other gods? And uh, what's this one? Uh, do you have a test? You've got to have a test for it. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit which confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Okay, now you're just, you're, 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 your brain is exploding and you're scribbling furiously off the back of the sheet. Because your list is almost complete. And I know people who will walk up to someone and say, Can you say Jesus is Lord? And they, a complete, unregenerate, ungodly individual, will give the incantation. They'll give it in creedal formulation. They will deny that they believe it in the next sentence, but they'll be able to say things like, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Every spirit which does not confess Jesus is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist which you heard was coming and now it is in the world already. You say, is this just not true? Because in another passage in 1 John it says declare Jesus as Lord. No one said Jesus as Lord except by the spirit of God. And people actually run around like they were some medieval you know, witch baiter that they could have this little test that they could hold out there. Can you enunciate the words Jesus is Lord. And then they do, and then you're all confused. You have to realize, one in, in this whole process, it's not all the same. You're not all the same. What you hear is not the same as what everybody else hears, and you are measuring how you listen and what you listen to. Christianity is different than what the world says. Little children, you are of God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore, what they say is of the world, and the world listens to them. You you get together with the people you want to be with. If you're of the world, you'll listen to the people in the world to whatever degree. It's a gradient, it's not like I have to become postmodern, I can be a, a good capitalist. Faithful American Republican and be as wrong as the postmodern socialist. It's all the world. We say the things that are in the world and the world listens to those things because they want the things that the world offers. You are looking for the benefits promised. What am I going to get out of capitalism? Wealth. And I hear that's good. Um, I don't think it's bad, but if you follow your lords, you are trying to at least create the benefit that they promise. The world listens to them, and the world says things of the world. We are of God, verse 6, whoever knows God listens to us, and he who is not of God does not listen to us. This is the Apostle John, notable, Lord's best friend, writer of the Gospel of John, the Epistles of John, the Revelation. And he's saying, right, right up there, saying, don't listen to me. You're not of God. And some sort of we here, kind of an apostolic, perhaps, we Those of us who are representing Jesus Christ here on earth, not the world, are saying things that you are supposed to listen to. If you don't, you're not of God. And that last written thing in red, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. It's right there for you to use as, you say, as a test, as the end of my list, can they say the right phrase or... Do they swear that they listen to the apostolic authority? And some people get into the canon, the argument about the canon, and they say the New Testament books are in terms of apostolic connection. You ever hear that? You know, the people thought Hebrews is in the Bible because they thought it was by St. Paul. What if it's not? Oh, my heavens. It's really good, though. Luke's not an apostle. Mark's not an apostle. James is not an apostle. A lot of non-apostles writing in the Bible. Maybe we ought to measure who we are, what we want, and what would be the canon you would make. What would you know sounds like your God that you love? He said, really, actually, I love me, pretty much, <laughs> and so I want to have kind of the theology that works out so that I can be this kind of wicked when I want to be. Or well, I can arrange my life, my own counsels are going to guide me, but I get to have the religion that everybody likes. What do you want? Who would you have in the canon? Because this comes down to the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. What's it all there for? What's it trying to do in you? Do you want what it's trying to do in you? Not is it Christendom, not is it getting you on the same page with the heroes of the faith, it's, it's about you. And do you want to know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error? I was reading through Micah yesterday, I don't know why. Came across this passage. It's where that, the famous lying, lying down with the lamb thing goes on here in Micah 4 3 on the bottom of the left hand side. You shall judge between many peoples and shall decide for strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares. You've heard that, right? You know, all the hippies. Yeah. Time of peace, a utopia. Beat their swords into fl- plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. I think there's even a song. folk song that, but they will sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid. Listen to this. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. It's not because, hey, we finally worked it out and we became peaceful people and and we had enough coexist bumper stickers that we, you know, and we banned guns. Whatever you want to do. Instead of, the mouth of the Lord is spoken. That's what brings it to pass. Do you bow down before the mouth of the Lord? Not, do you bow down before the mouth of the age or the mouth of the world? And then the last verse is what I really like. For all the peoples walk each in the name of its God. But we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. That's what it comes down to. You walk in the name of your God Your own counsel? Your collection of counselors? Is it Yahweh? Is it the Yahweh that is made up of a group that has insisted on certain data coming to you defended? The Bible? Are you in the Bible because you've realized this is the word of God? You have realized. You have heard it. Your needs, your wants are answered in this. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful. Keep us in your word. Keep us in your word as people who are thrilled to hear your voice and follow you. Each one, ourselves, for ourselves, and that our time together would be because we would bring the graces you provide into each other's lives. In your son's name we pray. Amen.